Welcome to this episode of Parks and Conversation. My name is Jason. I'm joined by my friend all the way across town, Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? So good. I have been looking forward to discussing this episode for several weeks, um, knowing it was coming, but then also because we've postponed recording for several weeks. So <laughs> I was, uh, I, I've been eager to talk about this uh, episode seven, correct? Yes. Season two, episode seven. It's Halloween. It's the introduction of Greg Pakitis. Oh, man. I'm so excited. So excited. So, Jeremy, yes. are you also excited to talk about this episode? I can't, I can't wait. That's why I'm here. Well, good. I'm glad that it all worked out for us to do this yeah. together um, over the power of the internet and Grayskull. And Did you watch man? Well, not recently. Like today? Were you allowed? Um, oddly enough, yeah. Which is weird. Uh, Were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, my parents... Uh, we didn't, you know, start going to church and following Jesus until I was like five. And so that was well within the window when He-Man was available on television. And so we watched that all the time. What if that so, was the cause? Like, like, oh man, our kids watching the skeleton guy, we should probably get to church. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I do I remember know. going as the devil for a Halloween festival sometime. I don't know. That's on point. Yep. That's about... <laughs> Perfect. So, and it, it's all just because of, um, you know, opening the door of He-Man and Thundercats, all that. Oddly so. enough, I, I, I couldn't watch the Smurfs for some reason. I think there was like witchcraft or something. Not that, not that a talking lion wasn't, you know, green lion, tiger, uh, in He-Man and the skeleton guy was bad, but Smurfs for some reason. Nope. Well, Smurfs was like blatant magic. There was a wizard, a sorcerer, Gargamel who was the, it was obvious that he was, you know, a Satan worshiper. Yeah, he looked and... like a young Larry David. Like, what was he going to do? <laughs> like, the guy was, <laughs> yes. he was harmless. His sidekick was a cat. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, uh, that's a great a young Larry David or a young uh, Bernie Sanders. There you go. So. The guy, just doing work. Yeah. Look, everybody, what we're going to do is we're going to make magic available for everybody. <laughs> Gargamel is just a socialist. Like the Smurfs shouldn't have been so, you know, they shouldn't have. Why can't we all live at these little mushroom houses? Yeah. Yeah. You Arguably share. the worst, the worst Bernie Sanders impersonation ever done on this podcast. True. So. And we'll, we'll, I will keep it that way. <laughs> Well, then I can only get better from here. That's so, right. That's true. All right. So, but that's neither here nor there. Here and there is Parks and Rec talking about Pachitis and Halloween. And as I was texting you in preparation for this um, a couple of weeks ago, I said, this, this, this is like the Heat episode of Parks and Recreation. And the movie Heat starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, assorted others uh it's it's a heist movie cat and mouse between thieves and the police and it's just a really great um boring movie but like at the end of it you're like oh that was actually pretty good like it feels forever like nothing happens but it was a lot of twists and turns along the way and as i was watching this episode i was like this this is heat this is what's going on 
So, um, and you've seen Heat, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, good, good, good. Do you I remember? Agree. I agree. That's yeah. That's a good. This is a good. Every 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 sitcom needs its own Heat episode, and <laughs> I think I think they nailed it with this one. Yeah. Did you see the Home Improvement Heat episode? I didn't. When, when Wilson was trying to uh, steal a miter saw from Al, and Tim the Toolman Taylor uh, was able to uh, work as a snitch uh, against Wilson as an inside informant. So Al came and regulated. You didn't see that episode? I wasn't allowed to watch Home Improvement because um, of the witch no. the witchcraft. <laughs> That, that makes sense. Yeah. Al's, like, uh, like how did they, how did anything actually get built on it? Like no one ever saw it. So it must've been witchcraft. So yeah, must have. yeah, exactly. That's what I was told anyway. Cause I was never allowed to see it. Yeah. Well, um, in that heat episode, Al's catchphrase is measure twice, cut once. That's just a good like rule to live by. Yeah. It was pretty intense as he was cutting Wilson's, the rest of Wilson's body off. Like, you know, the reason you can only see the top of his eyes is because that's all that exists. Oh, wow. It's like yeah, a Darth it Vader. Dark. It's like a Darth Vader situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You were the chosen one. <laughs> wow. Man. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, you probably watched this more recently than I did. Do you want to uh, introduce the cold open? What's happening here? Because I watched this a couple of weeks ago in prep. and uh, But you watched it more recently. So. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Give us the rundown. Yeah. Okay. And, so, and we'll so it. yeah, the main storylines is uh, Leslie is trying to stop Greg Pakaitis from um, vandalizing a statue. And at the same time, this is all happening. Anne is throwing a party, which is pretty lame until Tom Haverford, who she doesn't invite, shows up and uh, saves the day. So, yeah, that's that's the synopsis of of this episode, um, but it opens with Leslie standing in a, a school hall um, as normal adults stalking a child would do, uh, or a would I should say a would be um, vandal. And as the kids come out of of their their classrooms, Greg Pakaitis is seen eating a, a peach, and Leslie confronts Greg and and he says, "You're that Parks lady," and uh, so they obviously they know each other and. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it starts. And, and Leslie confronts him and saying, you're not going to you're not going to mess with us this time. Uh, we're ready for you. We have the whole what would she say? The the whole power of the parks department behind us uh, right. and we will stop you. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of it the, turns out the power of the parks department is Andy, <laughs> yeah, right. who <laughs> is working for eight dollars an hour for four hours because <laughs> he says at, after this shift. I'm going to have $32. <laughs> yeah. I owe Leslie everything, <laughs> which at the end of the ship will be $39. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. So that's yeah. the power that she wields. But she also has her boyfriend, uh, Officer Dave. Officer Dave. Who is agreeing to work with her mm-hmm. uh, in monitoring Pachitis yeah. uh, throughout the evening. And so, um, yeah. So there's the tension of the what's going to happen is Pachitis going to vandalize the statue in the park as well as you know dave is trying to have a normal date with leslie and say hey let's go to your friend's party um and drop drop in and just like be together and so um yeah so there's dave throughout the episode really doesn't want to be involved in any of what's going on but he's just being a supportive boyfriend 
who happens to be a cop. So well, he well, it's a good a thing too. Power. Yeah, because I mean, she mentions breaking several Geneva Convention uh, laws <laughs> throughout this, and he's right. just he's trying to reel her back in. Right, um, he is the voice of reason. Yeah, which which you want as a cop, I guess. Um, I would hope. So, yeah, somewhere, somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, oh. so cold open introduces Bakaitis introduces the tension point, uh, and then it goes to uh, Anne talking about the party, how she really loves Halloween, and she's throwing inviting everybody except Tom. And who tells Tom about the party? <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. Also, Always Jerry. Yeah, and real quick too, what I like um, about this, they do kind of like a, uh, I don't know, um, Law and Order thing where they put the time on it, or maybe it's more right. of a uh, twenty-four. So yeah, it starts at ten fifty, uh, where Leslie's in the in the hall, and then at three thirty-seven, which I just love the times. There's not round numbers at all. Um, yeah, and Anne comes in. And April just goes, "Yay, Anne's here!" Um, yeah, <laughs> so Jerry Jerry messes up again, um, and then. Uh, yeah, Leslie. Leslie's talking to Anne about this whole Pachitis thing, and she pulls out her conspiracy theory map and shows shows Anne like all of the possible routes Pachitis can get to the park. So she's put a lot of thought of thought into this. She's not messing. She's not. These aren't empty threats. Like she's thought about this, right? And I love how Anne is trying to help Leslie like not be a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Um, but Leslie's response is, "Greg, Greg Pachitis sucks, and I want to destroy him." Yeah. This is a high school student and she's an adult. <laughs> I want to destroy him. So I feel like that, over the top. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the relationship, honestly, now that I think about it, that a lot of people have with Leslie is that they're just trying to reel her back in. Like that was Anne's right. basically that was her whole role in this show. Maybe that's why she was boring because she spent so much time just trying to be the voice of reason, you know, to Leslie. Yeah. Yeah. She's the straight man. Right. So, um, yeah, so the the zeal of Leslie Nope for doing the right thing also rolls over into distributing justice. <laughs> right. And, and like making sure that if somebody does wrong, they pay for it. And as she's setting up the the, you know, Andy with instructions on what to do, like he's she says like use extreme force, do whatever is necessary, and Officer Dave just keeps saying, "Don't do that." Don't, yeah, do don't, that. don't do don't that. Don't do that. Um, yeah. So then they cut to the party. And oddly, I think this is an interesting character choice, but it would play into uh, the responsibility nature of this person. The first person to come to the party is Ron. Like before anybody shows up, like the, it's at it at starts at seven. Ron's there at seven. Right. Yeah. Um, which if you think about Ron, like one. Why would he even come to this party? That just, it doesn't seem like a thing Ron would do. He doesn't care about Anne. But then, like, the fact, but the fact that he said he would be there, of course he's going to be there on time. So, you right, said he's seven, he, he, he seven. Yeah, if he has to be somewhere, he's going to be punctual. Yeah. But throughout the and, series, uh, I feel like Ron, like, Ron shows up at most. I, like, I think he's down for parties because it's free food. Right. You know, that's probably the biggest thing. I was told there was going to be refrigerator space for my deviled eggs. I mean, like he is, he always, he's always prepared. <laughs> right. Yeah. And does he bring any food to this party? Uh, not, no, does not he this bring one. Wine? No, he, no he just no, shows up. It was Dr. Harris. 
Dr. Harris. Right, Dr. Yeah. So Dr. Harris shows up second and brings wine and Dr. Harris is dressed up as a doctor. And then right. Ron and him have a very awkward non-conversation. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. And Ron is dressed as a pirate, but barely. Right. Right. It, it, it looks like he's wearing like those pants that chefs wear. Like yeah. Just black tucked striped in, pants. Tucked into some boots. Right. And then just an old shirt he had. So yeah. now he's a pirate. It's Ron's. It's Ron's uh, sleeping outfit. Pajamas. Well, well, Those are called pajamas. <laughs> sleeping outfit. You know, his sleep yeah. uniform. Sleep uniform. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he's a pirate. Um, and in future iterations of Halloween, we'll see that he's always a pirate. Yes. Like, this is what he does. Is this is his costume? So, um, so Doctor Harris comes as a doctor, uh, and I do like that their non-conversation as you call it because it's essentially two uh alpha males yeah who recognize like i don't care about you so they just choose to ignore each other like not really engage with one another which i think is is great because having talked to many doctors in my life it's very easy to see that dr harris is the most doctor of all doctors Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. I mean, you're just a bag of meat. So let me see what's wrong with you and <laughs> move on. How can I so, build this to insurance? Yeah. Yeah. And and is recognizing the the same thing that we all recognize whenever we have uh, people coming together who don't know each other from two different environments, worlds colliding, mm-hmm. which was made famous with Seinfeld when George was engaged to Susan and. All of a sudden, Elaine invited Susan to go to the movies without going through George and worlds were colliding and it was not good. And here this is happening with Anne's, you know, social friends and her work friends. Yep. Worlds colliding at this party, which is a problem she introduced to herself. Yeah, it's that's my nightmare, because then you feel like responsible for people talking and getting along. Yeah. And, yeah, and so you don't get to enjoy this party. Like you think in your head, this is going to be awesome. All of the people that I like are going to be there. And then you realize once they show up, you're like, I don't like this at all. Please talk right. amongst yourself. I'm just going to keep like flitting around to different groups, trying to make sure that everyone's having fun, which is great because that's what happens. It sucks. Like the party is terrible. And right. we see that as this happens. And, but then, but then we get the answer and it's coming. It's great. Yeah. Um, so I mean, one of the things I've learned from this episode, there's many morals of this this episode on a very special parks and recreation. Don't throw parties. Problem solved. Yeah. I'm fine with that. So uh, unless, unless you have a Tom Haverford in your life. Right. But if you have a Tom, you've got a whole bunch of other problems. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So worlds are colliding. Uh, and then it cuts to Leslie and Dave, who are stalking Pekaitis as he's mm-hmm. hanging outside like a convenience store. At 8.22. You wrote down all the times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So at 8.22, uh, they're just watching him. And uh, she, Leslie says that he's hanging out and he has a snide, turdish manner. <laughs> turdish? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's uh, that's part of it. Cuts back to Anne's party. April shows up with Derek and Ben um, and (laughs) Ben is dressed as a pirate and he's like going for it. And Derek looks like he didn't dress up and he says, I dressed as a straight person. Uh, And then Mark 
have not Mark Haverford. Mark Brandanowitz comes in and uh, Derek is wearing the exact same clothes as Mark. So see, see, uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> pretty great costume. Um, and the pirate was Jack Sparrow. Yeah, like he was, he was like all out pirate. Yeah. And so. Um, Which I think is interesting. All right. So I wanted to bring this up because I thought this was really, this was quite interesting is that at the beginning of the episode, Pekaitis is eating a peach, right? And while he's talking to Leslie, well, Leslie and him are having this conversation. He's eating this peach very nonchalantly. And then there's this pirate theme thing at the party and they make a big deal of it. And, uh, and this comes up later and the peach comes up later and they, they chose a peach for whatever reason. But I don't know if you remember in Pirates of the Caribbean, but like in the first one, Jack is when he's talking to Barbosa, he's eating an apple and he's, he's eating an apple really nonchalantly as they're having this really intense conversation. And throughout the whole, that, that movie, the apple thing kind of goes back and forth until the very end where spoilers, Jack kills Barbosa. Um, but I just, I just thought it was interesting. Like why, why eating, like why to make the fruit such a big deal. And then also why the two pirates, like a regular pirate, like, Ron's dress is like what a pirate would probably kind of look like, not like a Jack Sparrow version, but that's the Hollywood version. But in that movie, there was, you know, a lot of fruit and apple eating too. Anyway, just throwing that out there. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let me go into another cultural universe that I already referenced in Seinfeld. George has a theory that if you eat a piece of fruit while on the phone, you sound more casual. So yeah, yeah, I think I'll well, be together, think, right? Because like in in like Ocean's Eleven, Rusty is eating food all the time. That's Brad Pitt's character, in case yeah, Brad Brad Pitt, know. yeah. Um, so yeah, I just yeah, because you know, because he's, he's real nonchalant every it. every scene. He's eating something because he's he can't be bothered. Yeah. He's just super chill, dude. And Tony Stark, like even though he's trying to, did you notice that he was always eating, like throwing something in his mouth in all the I Avengers movies. That. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, just because they're they're just that cool. Like everything's like so chill. Like I can just eat during this tense time. Yeah. Well, I do think that is a part of the uh, the way that you communicate chillness is a willingness to eat in front of others. All right. Note to self. Just have food with me all the time. All the time. And I I learned this from when I was in youth ministry. There was a student who lacked any sense of chill. And he never ate in front of anybody. See, so, never trust somebody who won't eat in front of you. Causation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust anybody who won't eat in front of me. That's a good rule. <laughs> I'm making that a bumper. Sticker. <laughs> Just driving around. I don't need anybody who doesn't eat in front of me. Did I say I don't eat anybody? I don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. works you know, either, we all have our code. Works, works either way. <laughs> No. Yeah. So Anne's dealing with the awkward party at the party. Uh, Anne's coworkers start to hassle Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start saying things like, oh, is this Mark? Oh, we miss Andy. Andy's great. And they're talking about how awesome Andy is later on in the episode. Uh, two of them say, hey, Mark, why don't we go back leave this party and go back to my place? And it's a test to see if Mark will stay true to Anne uh, and he passes the test. So that's nice. Um, but her coworkers are kind of awful. Like this yeah. doesn't seem like a good way to be to anybody for any reason. Like testing them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really like her coworkers. Also the fact that all of her coworkers came dressed as doctors and nurses. Right. Which yeah. comes up later where somebody's like, 
who would do that? Oh, Wendy, Tom's wife, when they show up, like, hey, I beg you for just not drug dressing like what you do for a living. And like, who would do that? And it cuts to all of Anne's coworkers in the kitchen. Doctors in there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, all right. I had some notes. I don't know where we are. Uh, they I'm go back totally to the. Lost. So they, they leave, uh, sorry, Dave and, and Leslie leave the stakeout and she's like, yeah, let me go grab my costume back at the office. And when they enter, it's been vandalized. It's been teepee, there's graffiti, um, and, and there's, there's silly string and whipped cream or a uh, uh, shaving cream on the desk. And on top of the mound of shaving cream is a peach pit. Dun, dun, dun. Pachytus's calling card, his ace of spades. <laughs> uh, take, I it to, love... take it to the lab. <laughs> yes, that was what I was going to say. We don't have a lab. <laughs> <laughs> have a lab. <laughs> so she thinks like they, they have all the authority and power of the government behind them now. And they can t- finally crack down on Pachytus. And uh, Dave is just constantly saying, we can't do that. We won't do that. We That's impossible. Um, which... I love, I love how chill Dave is throughout this whole, whole thing. And he's not even eating anything. I know that's a weird thing. I mean, Dave does have a gun though. So like, he really doesn't, I mean, he's just like, I gotta be chill. In fact, all the cops in Pawnee are super chill. Yeah. Like anytime you interact with them, uh, it's all the people around the cops who are not chill. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, so, uh, back to the office. It's all vandalized. Cut back. Everybody's in the kitchen. Doctor Harris is in there. Uh, and well, he, but he, this is where he leaves. <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving. Oh, yeah, this party is terrible. And yeah, I'm taking my wine because nobody opened it, and also this book because I want to read it. And then he just right. leave. He just takes Anne's book. Yes. Now later on. This is what I was going to, I scrolled down too far in my notes, but later on they cut back to the kitchen and Dr. Harris is in the kitchen. Oh, he never left. So, well, they just made a mistake probably. So like, I don't, the I don't continuity know. error. So, or yeah, maybe he didn't leave. Maybe he was just telling, he was doing a great fake out on Anne. I'm going to leave. I'm going to take all my stuff. And then he came back. Yeah. He put his wine back. Yeah. Who knows? Um, who knows? And then, and at the office they find, they, bring in Pachytus and they start interrogating him. Uh, and Dave is interrogating him in the conference room, which has all the windows and, uh, Dave's trying to be, you know, just very forthright and just saying like, look, we think you did this. Will you just tell us if you did this or not? And he's like, I just like messing. And is like, I just went like messing with Leslie. She's fun. She gets her face all scrunched up and he can see her through the window. Right. And, and I was like, yeah, I like that. And then she calls Dave and starts talking to him while he's trying to interrogate Pachytus. Um, and yeah, and then she's, she's like, I can he- see you this whole time. So uh, yeah, she's, she's trying to run the interview from behind the window. Like, right. Like in Homicide, right. which is one of the best shows ever made on television. Um, but yeah, so the two way glass thinking she's, you know, part of the investigation team. It's just normal glass. Um, so cut back kitchen lame. Then it comes back and Andy gets called in um, because yeah, they didn't vandalize the statue. Uh, and so they call him in and Andy, Andy laughs when he sees the vandalism 
because Andy is Pekitis. Like he's, right, right. he would have been a part of this whole crew when he was a kid um, doing all this vandalism and stuff. And so he's like, that's hilarious. Um, and so that Andy and Dave start talking about like, what should we do? Um, and Leslie's like, let's torture him. Let's break him. Let's do whatever we can. Um, and then Andy volunteers to interrogate Pekitis because Dave has, Pekitis has never seen Andy before. And this is where we meet Bert Macklin. So great. FBI. Yes. Bert Macklin is Andy Dwyer's alter ego, an FBI agent who, you know, knows no rules. He marches to the beat of his own drum. He also is not an FBI agent. He's not. Because in order to think like a criminal, you have to think like one. Exactly. And this is where we start to get the the heat vibe, uh, where we have more and more levels of confusion and obfuscation happening all throughout. Um, and so when Andy comes in, he's drinking from a cup, and then he like he's trying to be hard and like tough, and so he then he's like, "Oh, I'm drinking this boiling hot coffee," and then he pretends to throw it at Pekitis, but the cup is empty, and uh, and so he is just trying to get in his his headspace. And so, and then it cuts from there. Cause we don't know what's all going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm Burt Macklin FBI. <laughs> We're going to see so much Burt Macklin. It's going to be so great. I mean, there's going to be a moment where Burt dies and comes back to life and his brother shows up. It's going to be awesome. This is one of the best characters of a character in all of this series. So, um, so then it cuts back and this is when Tom and Wendy show up to the party. And they are party rescue agents because they turn up the party. They make it a dance. They make a dance floor. They turn up the music. They take out all the bulbs that all the lights that don't have colored bulbs, as Tom says. (laughs) Um, And he's dressed as T-Pain. So he's already there for a party. Um, Yeah, I as Tom is putting the party together, I know this. I do not want to go to that party. Yeah, it seems very loud. It's not for me at all. But here's the crazy thing, though. Like, yeah, I, I get it. And Tom's kind of the worst. But right now, in this moment, he's in his element. Like, he's finally useful. Like, think back through the last season and seven episodes. He sits in the car. He avoids work. He does it. And now it's like, this is his time to shine. And he does it. He saves the party. And it's, you know, it's great. I don't know. I think I think that was like growth a little not not growth but it, it just shows good writing like hey he is he can be useful you know and he could have been really selfish well right useful. right useful as a as a human well because he could have just been like ah this is lame and he gets out but he even takes upon himself like no i can do i'll, I'll show you what's up and i think that shows like for later when his character really develops that he does have that he knows he can do things it's just when he chooses to do it so yeah um yeah good point and uh, later we will see tom has ideas tom has vision not all of them are good ideas no he does he does swing for the fences often just never here in the parks department not isn't not interested right so um in fact later he will say how boring his he feels his own job is and um which is another fun moment in the future we'll get there uh season three um so they cut back to the office and Greg's mom shows up. Well, first, 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 Pekitis makes Andy cry. 
Oh, right. Because he's being he's being mean to him. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Andy is like pounding on the desk and like he's really getting in uh, Pachytus's face. And then they cut around. They walk around the corner to talk. And he's like, why would you even say that to a person? It's such a terrible thing. Right. <laughs> and then Nope goes in and reveals that she's been following him, which is right. just like, what are you doing, you crazy person? We followed you, genius. <laughs> <laughs> she's so over the top yeah. she's so terrible at everything and dave even says this is all just bad police work at yeah. some point <laughs> it's not even police work no i don't um, i don't think she would make a good cop i actually would be afraid of a city where she was in charge of the police <laughs> uh so then greg's mom shows up and is like i'm gonna call your boss and your supervisor uh and i don't know who you work for to andy and he says the president <laughs> of the united states of america <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and she takes Pachytus away. And then Dave says, this is where Dave says, this was just all bad police work. And Andy, yeah, this is bad FBI work. My great, bad. <laughs> great, great line. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, and then it cuts back to the party and it's turned up and people are having a good time. Ron, pirate Ron meets pirate uh, Derek. And he's like, that's a really good pirate costume. son." a, a compliment from Ron Swanson. Yes, like it, he was he was genuinely pleased by this pirate. And so, yeah, I was also, I was but, impressed. But I also think like because he had made a comment to Anne earlier that the party was terrible. He's like when they were talking about how bad it was, he's like, yeah, this is this is awful. And the party starts to kind of happen and it gets better and better to the point where even even Ron is having fun, I think. So that's why when he compliments Derek, it's like, yeah, this this is now a good party. Well, according to Parks and Rec. I personally, right. that would be my nightmare. But, you know, even Ron was having fun. So that's good. Good for him. Yeah. Um, it Just show you how terrible the party was. The only real conversation at one point, Ron came up to Anne and said, do you have any mounds? Because almonds give and he's looking through the candy. He's like, all I found is almond joy and almonds give me the squirts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, later on, you see he's going through the, the almond joy and taking all the almonds out. Right. And eating the making his own mounds so um yeah so the party is getting exciting and super fun wait, wait hold, on, hold on i remember i don't know how old i was when i figured that out but i was like wait a minute wait a minute so <laughs> mounds is just almond joys without the almonds yeah they're cheating like and we it's the same price why would you pay to get less stuff well you get more coconut i don't know i i was i, I was you do blown i think away. they fill it with coconut Instead of, because there's still a like a, a mound in there. Yeah, I don't know. Measure it next time. I think they just pop a an I'll almond never on top. Do that. Well, oh. you should. <laughs> okay. Well, it's kind of like the day the day I figured out that like like three musketeers, and then you go up to what is it Mars with caramel, and then Snickers with peanuts. It's all the same thing. They just keep adding or subtracting layers, a, a layer or ingredient yeah. depending upon how you look at it. Yep. <sighs> Blown away. Absolutely just flabbergasted. Well, let me tell you about Ford and Lincoln. Uh-huh. The presidents. Not, not the people. The vehicle. Oh. The car. Because Fords are the run-of-the-mill everyday thing. But then Lincoln is just a more expensive Ford. Do you remember The Postman, the movie? Yes. Ford, Lincoln, Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. That's it's the so end of stupid. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Tom Petty's in it. He is. 
Yeah. So it's like, this is at that point when Tom Petty showed up as I'm watching the postman, I was like, all right, this movie understands it's not a real movie. Right. <laughs> Just for fun. And then it became a lot more enjoyable. And when the guy's name is Ford Lincoln Mercury, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Um, it's also based on a book. Um, the FedEx guy. Yeah. The FedEx guy, the story of postman written by UPS. Uh, where are we? Uh, in this thing. So party's going on and David leaves, uh, and Leslie and Andy are there cleaning up all the toilet paper and all the, just the carnage of the office. And Andy, uh, Leslie says, Andy, you can just go home. You don't have to do this. He's like, no way. Everything I have, I owe to you, which again is $32. (laughs) Um, but it also just shows a little bit of Andy's loyalty to people who are in his life. Like you watched out for me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you. Um, which is a good character trait for Andy. That is consistent. Yeah. Andy is probably, uh, from this point out, he probably is becoming the least selfish person on the show. Yeah. Like the first season, Andy was a total selfish jerk, but he's becoming more and more, uh, personally generous with, uh, his, yeah, with just his life. So, yeah, the level, um, he turns more into the lovable loser versus just the, the loser, the loser. Right. That's Mark's job. <laughs> oh, Brand, <laughs> Brandana quits. Oh, I just don't. I, the time is, clock is ticking. Mark. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, so they, uh, they decide that they will go and uh, teepee Pekaitis' house. And this and was it, Andy's idea. Yeah. And, this and is and what it, I would do. I would just get back at him. Well, right. Because, well, no, because Leslie said, didn't Leslie say that? And then Andy's like, yeah, let's do it. So he's like, oh, he's, right. yeah. he's all for it. But in between that, um, we cut back to the party and Wendy comes up and talks to Ron and says, hey, thanks for keeping the secret about the green card wedding. And we can, you know, but pretty soon we won't have to keep it a secret anymore because we can get divorced. And Tom is visibly like bummed because he made a big deal. He's always made a big deal about this is my wife. She's super hot. And now he like his that clock is ticking on their relationship. And he's sad about that, you know, and I think that, again, is a little bit more character development. So his character can change at some point. And then we see that happen uh, down the road. But we also see that Wendy and, and Ron are kind of talking a little bit there. Right. Um, yeah, there's some seeds being planted for future episodes, which, uh, yeah, which will come in the future. Roost. <laughs> These seeds the seeds will come, the seeds to, will roost. come to roost. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So then, um, Ron, as he's talking to, he also is expressing a little bit of a soft spot for Wendy. Um, so it's interesting, like this is all coming from nowhere. Um, and for like, as a viewer, first time going, what is this? Um, it was a, a little bit of a shock, but yeah, Tom is a, Tom has some depth, um, yeah. in his, uh, his personality. And so, yeah, they're, they're getting some room to like bring these character, uh, pieces out, which is nice. Otherwise it would just be boring. Um, yeah. So then they go and they are teeping Pekaitis's house and, uh, let, and, or uh, let Dave, I can't think of names andy teaches leslie how to throw the toilet paper which yeah. is great and eggs and they're just going for it and then um the 5-0 show show up 
Uh, and I love Andy's reaction when the police come. He's like, Five-O! And he runs and he just jumps out over a bush and out of the police car comes Officer Dave. He says, Andy, I see you. <laughs> um, and and then a woman comes out of the house and the, you cut to the, the woman and it, you think it's mo- mom, but it's it's a different person than was Greg's mom earlier in the show. And so she says, she calls for him. He's like, yeah, he's not there. Did he, did he hire another woman to be his mother? Every so, time he gets in trouble, he goes on Craigslist and hires a woman to be his mom. Yeah. This kid is brilliant. Yeah. Yes. He's a mastermind. Even Andy's impressed. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He is so like everything about this, uh, Pekaitis character is so great. And he's so lightly used throughout this series like this and one other episode way down the road. Yeah. Uh, but he is like, yeah, he's just so, uh, delightful in every twist and turn about what he does. And like the technology, like you, when I was a kid, you got in trouble, you got in trouble. We didn't have Craigslist to hire a fake mom. That's right. We had to do it. Yeah. We had to just walk around the street and ask somebody to be our fake mom beforehand. Um, yeah. So yeah. So Dave and Andy are both impressed by his uh, his ingenuity, um, and then they realize like, well, this Pekaitis kid is on the loose, and so they go and they bust him as him and his 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 hooligan friends are vandalizing the statue. They catch him in the act, um, and then uh, and Leslie says, "Let a, let let them let the other ones go. Stay on the leader." <laughs> yes. Which doesn't doesn't Darth Vader say that? Like when they're when they're flying, when they're flying over the uh, Death Star. I think so. Yeah. I think so even yeah. Leslie, Leslie's channeling her inner Darth Vader is like, I have him <laughs> in my sights. <laughs> oh, yes. So, um, yeah. So they all throughout Leslie knew it was Pekaitis. She has the peach pit. She's got it all figured out. But then she's trying to figure out how did he do it? And I love the credit scene in this episode is revealing how he did it he all the way all the way back at 345 that day right the times the times mattered yes i know and like so the first time i watched this like on television like a normal person i was like wow that's crazy because they show all of the stuff that from an earlier scene yep all of the things that where larry or jerry is uh walking through cobwebs that are part of the decoration and uh, this courtyard scene where Anne and Leslie are talking about what their plans are. All of the things for this, this plot to take place happen in that scene. Um, but when you are watching it for the first time and it's over, you can't just go back and watch it again. Right. But then on repeated viewings, I, you're able to see like, Oh yeah. Pekaitis is right there. He's it, They're actually doing this the whole time. Like he, uh, comes out as a, a janitor. Leslie and Anne are distracted by Jerry getting all the cobwebs and stuff. And so Pekaitis takes her keys out of her purse and then goes and hides in the garbage can until everybody leaves the office. And that's when he did his vandalism. Brilliant. Brilliant, Pekaitis. Yeah. Greg, Greg Sure wrote this episode. So thank you, Greg. Greg Sure. Cr- oh. Michael Sure. Michael Sure. Why did I say Greg? Is there Greg a- Daniels is the it's, co-creator. Yeah, I know. That's what I meant. Like they were they teamed up. <laughs> Michael Sure. You know, 
for whom the podcast is roughly named. <laughs> right. In the it's a sure the thing sure, universe. Sure thing universe. Yeah. yeah. Michael Sure. So yeah. uh this was just I, I love this episode. It's so good. And repeat viewing, like I watched it with the kids because we're kind of walking through with them as I'm getting ready for these recordings. I'm watching it with them for the first time. And then so we watched this episode like like probably two months ago. And then we I rewatched it as we were getting closer to recording a couple of weeks ago. And so Jocelyn was watching with me both times. I was like, do you see Pekitis? Did you see? He's right there. As she's as we're walking through that first scene with with Jerry and the cobwebs, and like there's Pekitis right there. She's like, Dad, I know. <laughs> like, well, I'm an old person. Yeah. <laughs> this is still surprising to me. This is fun. I, it's fun. <laughs> I was excited when I realized that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Oh, so, yeah, uh, that, that yeah. really, yeah, that that really made Armageddon a really weird movie. <laughs> I was thinking Hudson Hawk. It's weird how many times Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Oh yeah, especially yeah, especially in Die Hard. Um, the, and I like how how he had a the red hat on. Like he was he was obvious. Like that's just they really wanted to show. Like I know he was off to the side, but they did show him. And so right. you know, um, and it was a red hat. It wasn't a blue hat or a black hat. It was specifically red. So on second third viewing or whatever you you could see oh he was there in the actual scene it was great it's fantastic yeah and as part of the the conceit of this show it's a documentary of the workplace right and so when greg is doing the vandalism of the office he looks up and he sees that there's a yeah. camera person and he winks at the camera and then it goes to credit and it's like oh my gosh this kid he's the best right he's the best and the worst so yeah i would i would say i'm not ready to make a list of top 10 episodes but this is definitely in that list if you if you had a list this would be in it yeah i'm not i I can't figure out what else is in the in the top 10 yeah probably nine nine others yeah at least (laughs) (laughs) if you're doing it right so yeah i'd uh, say i'd say it's definitely up there because partly there's a couple things going for it. I love the twists and turns, mm-hmm. right? I love how minimally Mark is used. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the zealous Leslie Nope. And Burt Macklin shows up. Burt Macklin does show up. No Donna, so, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, Very little Jerry. We get we with little Jerry, but Jerry does mess up, which I think is always a fun portion of any episode when Jerry makes a mistake. Right. Um, so yeah. it has all the ingredients of a classic, you know, except for Donna, a classic right. uh, Parks and Rec episode. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's definitely going to be in in the top ten for sure. I would even I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go on a limb here. Top nine. I, I, I might I might even say it's in the top five. So I could see that to, I could see that happening. <laughs> what about two weeks? Yeah. Sure. All right. So, <laughs> nice. Anyway. Um, yeah. Any other closing thoughts? Anything from this episode that uh, we didn't cover that you're like, oh, people need to know this. No, no, I'm I'm with you. I thought this was a this was a great episode. Um, kind of a fun, almost like almost standalone. Like you didn't really need to know a lot of the backstory for characters other than Leslie is really intense. But if you want again, if you wanted to introduce someone to Parks and Rec, this is a pretty decent one. So, yeah. 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 I think, and you know that. I, oh, go ahead. 
Well, I'm saying that that might be one of the things that makes a good entry into the top 10 list. Mm. Is somebody just watch this and be entertained? You're right. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Now, I, I was going to say, I also like that it's it's a lot different than those, those uh, so many other sitcom ho- uh, Halloween episodes or, you know, um, holiday style episodes. It was a, it was a whodunit of sorts. It was more of a, like you said, a heat style thing versus just the, the big party, you know? So I think that made it a lot more fun as well. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, contrast it with the office and their Halloween episodes, <laughs> which are exactly that it's a party. It is a part. Yeah. But it's a, <laughs> it's a different kind of party. It's a party where everything goes wrong. Right. Uh, but it, yeah. And their Christmas episodes are always so, but the confinement of the office for that show, uh, you know, it plays to that strength really well. Right. Whereas for Pawnee, it's for the whole town. Right. Yeah. The whole town is the documentary. It's called Parks and Recreation, but it's all about Pawnee. That's and true. So, like, you have a, a much wider net to to cast to draw in more rich characters for these kinds of special episodes. So, yeah, and I think in like two to three years, when we get to Parks and Rec, we'll be able to really contrast the two, the you two versions. The Office. The Office. Oh my word. <laughs> it's yep. okay. Yeah, it's all right. Greg, okay. Greg sure is part of that one too. So don't worry about it. They're all, yeah. Greg sure. He's so good. He's so good <laughs> at these things. All right. What's, and, what's, oh, sorry. That's it. I was, all right. <laughs> what, uh, what's the next episode? Uh, episode eight. Cool. I can't remember off the top e- of my head. Excited. Is that what it's called? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for it. Okay. I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Through the power of the internet. I want to say it's the dinner party. Uh, no, I don't no. think so because we have not met Justin oh, yet. That's right, Justin. So where are our seasons episode guide? Here it is. Season two, episode eight. We are looking at Ron and Tammy. Ron and Tammy. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. See, Jones, uh, see, I, I would not put those any. Any of the Ron and Tammy dynamic, I can't put in my top 10 because they're just too uncomfortable. Yeah, but I think it helps to know ahead of time that they are married in real life. In real life, yes. So yeah. I, I don't know why that helps, but I, I think it helps. So, Well, good. Whatever, whatever helps you. Um, <laughs> that is rated 8.4 on IMDb. Same rating as Greg Pakaitis. All which, right. I don't know how I feel about that. Because well, the next one after that, the camel 7.9. I think that is way better than Ron and Tammy. Oh yeah, my gosh. There's so many good episodes. There are. There are. Yeah. I like the camel. <laughs> well, let's go so we can come back. That's a good call. Okay. So, all right. Well, I'll talk to you later then. <laughs> all right. Bye. Yeah.